Welcome to Eucharist Church. .ca. So this week, uh, through this time of Epiphany, we are looking at the lectionary texts each week. These are the assigned readings that churches, uh, congregations around the world, and the church in, in many different countries will follow these same readings. So we're going to be anchoring ourselves in those. Uh, this morning, we were supposed to have Stephen Edwards preaching, which would have been a blast. Uh, but he's not feeling super great, so keep Stephen in prayers. Uh, he's now going to preach on February 5th. It'll be good for you to meet him. He's one of the new elders on our board uh, and just a, a staple part of this congregation. So I'm going to be preaching this week from the epistle text, the letter text in the New Testament. Uh, and so I'll read through that first, and then uh, we'll reflect on this. This is the first letter to the Corinthians. So this is a early congregation, a very early church, shortly after Christ's resurrection, written by a man we now call the Apostle Paul, the Messenger Paul, who's bringing this message of Christ's resurrection and its implications to those who are seeking God. And one note in this, uh, you'll note at the beginning he says, to God's assembly, to the congregation, in Corinth, but then he also says, uh, along with everyone in every place who calls on the name of Jesus our Lord. And so this is a 2,000-year-old letter with enough foresight to be to us, anyone who calls on the name of Jesus our Lord. First Corinthians chapter 1. Verses 1 to 9. Paul, by the will of God, called apostle of the anointed one, Jesus, and brother Sosthenes, to God's assembly that is in Corinth, to those sanctified by the anointed one, Jesus, called holy ones, along with all those who in every place call upon the name of Jesus our Lord, theirs and ours, grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus, the Anointed. I give thanks always concerning you for the grace of God given you in the Anointed One, Jesus, because you have been enriched in everything by Him, in all discourse and all knowledge. Just as the testimony of the anointed was confirmed in you, so that you should not be wanting in any gracious gift, waiting upon the revelation of our Lord Jesus the anointed, who will also on the day of our Lord Jesus confirm you as blameless Till the end, God is faithful, by whom we were called into communion 
with his son, Jesus the Anointed, our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Well, friends, it's uh, it's 2023. Didn't know if we'd make it. <laughs> Some bumpy moments. Weren't sure that we'd ever be able to uh, reach this point together. Be able to begin a new year and have it feel like a new year again. To make resolutions at the beginning of that new year. And now on January 26th, nope, not the 26th, 16th, getting ahead of myself. But certainly by the 26th, we will know who are keepers of such resolutions and who are, um, I don't want to say quitters. Uh, <laughs> when we mentioned this earlier, Susan said, oh, you mean normal people? Uh, people that quit on resolutions after 16 days, normal people. I've been thinking about this quite a bit. Because this is the time of year when the resolve to have a new year and a new me sort of fades and you very quickly realize it is a new year with the same you and that's okay, but it's not what you expected. Which can be a little disappointing. Uh, I'm a quitter of resolutions, just so you all know what side I'm on. I've gotten really into like word of the years. I love that because then whatever happens, you're like, this is so my word. And it's like, what if you do what you thought you would or not? Things go well, things go poorly. You're like, what a rooted year this is. Like, you just made it up. It's fantastic. I highly recommend it. But I've been thinking about resolutions, learning this idea in the text of being called into communion. Because we all know those people who have communion with Christ. Don't we? Like when I say, like, the person you know that got communion with God, with the risen Christ, somebody probably comes to mind with, oh yeah, that person, they just, they commune with God, they have time, they have space. And I was reflecting on those I know who have devotional time and, like, quiet time in the day. It's just for them and their tea before the Lord, or who go for intentional walks without headphones. Like, I'm thinking about these saints, and I'm just... Something I realized was that everyone I know who's lit up in their faith, in their communion with God, they tend to be people that also keep their resolutions. <laughs> um, don't worry, I'm not coming down on us quarters. We're going to turn out just fine in the sermon, so we don't need to be relaxed. <laughs> And somebody put her at the end of the sermon, I'm still one, it's all cool. But we all must acknowledge together that the keepers are really, most of the time, just good people. You know, like they stick with it, they go with it, they keep their commitments, they keep their promises, and because they make a vow to the Lord, and they keep that vow, they say, I'm going to take three mornings a week, I'm going to have quiet time, and then they do it. God is faithful. And so when they are faithful, God meets them. That's why they're lit up. It's not just because they're better people or good people or any of those things. It's just because they make that time to commune with God. And God is faithful to fill us with light when we sit with them. So where does that leave the rest of us? Here's some good news. It's not that we go seeking God, but first God has sought us. It says here that God called us into communion 
with Christ Jesus. God calls us. So we might be really good at responding to that call, but if we're not responding to that call, guess what? He keeps calling us. And we might receive that call and fumble in our faithfulness, but God keeps calling us. And miracle of miracles, God is so good that he doesn't keep calling us until we start doing better. God keeps calling us, and our constant turning back to the God who calls us becomes our spiritual formation. Quitters get to grow with God through the ongoing process of quitting and turning back. And that, too, is a rhythm of faith. How good is God that not just when we keep our promises, but when we quit on what we have vowed, we are continually brought into discipleship, brought into communion, because what God ultimately wants from us is not discipline. It has its place. And if you can do it, it is a good thing that God will use. But his highest desire for us, and his greatest, God's greatest desire from us, is not that we become very disciplined people, but that we become very attentive people. That we give our attention to what is most important. Uh, the word attention, um, attend, to attend, ah in Latin means towards or to, and tend is like attendant, attendere, it's just stretch towards, like attendant, uh, or any other tend words. I'm sure there's a million of them. But when you think about tending to something, tending to a garden, you're talking about stretching towards it, moving your body, moving your mind, your spirit, stretching towards. And so to give our attention to God, as God calls to us, is to turn ourselves towards and to stretch towards the one who is stretching to us. And to throw this back to the sermon from the fall on repentance, shuv, turning. That's all the word means, to turn. That when we wander from God, we turn and we see the light of Christ always reaching towards us. Each one of us personally receiving the light from a center place that stretches to us, and so we can turn back to it. The light is always coming to us, and if we are not able in this season of our life, or with this personality or brain deficiency or whatever I got going on up here, if we are not able to be those who make firm commitments and always keep them, at least we can get good at realizing when we've fallen out of it and simply turning back. And there's a muscle that builds over time with that. You begin to notice the single thing that God is trying to get your attention with. It's always one in my experience. There's usually just one thing that God is trying to get your attention with, telling you, turn, stretch out, attend to this one thing. And you do that over long enough and you have a relationship. You do that over a long enough time and you have communion. We know that's true with friendships. We need to be turning to each other, forgiving each other, stretching out to each other. We know that's true with church. 
To be a congregation, we need to attend to this worship together. We need to turn together to the light. It's true in all these other spaces because it is the truth of relationship. And so it is true with the supreme other. The supreme relationship falls into these patterns. These patterns come from God. That's why we play them out. The pattern of turning and seeing and attending. So for those of you who are keeping your uh, resolutions, what you've resolved to do, you've been solving things in new ways, well done, keep on it, keep resolving. Those of you who maybe have not, you are still beloved. All is grace. Keep turning. We'll all find our way. Practically, wanted to give two ways that we communally are turning in this season, giving our attention to things, and let you know about them, because some of you might be in January thinking, maybe it's not too late to start resolutions of the spiritual kind to commune with God. If you want to give it a shot, here's a couple options. Number one, on Wednesdays, we have a lot of time for communion in this space. The building's open 9 to 5, come work. You don't even need to work, you just bring a book or sit in a chair. You want to see some people? Come on by 95 in the back hall. We have morning prayer at 6:30 and evening compliment at 9 p.m. Really great ways. Quiet services, very little talking, very little socializing, just seeking God together in psalms and silence and simple prayers. And if you're somebody who is disciplined and you are a keeper, you're gonna love common prayer and common because it's just like going to the gym. It's like really low weight, high rep. That's what it's like for your spirit. It's like a spirit gym. It's going to go and say the words. It's the same every time. You'll love it. So if you're a gym person, go to the spiritual gym with us on the mornings or the evenings in the back hall. There's also Taze and Eucharist 101 coming up. Lots of ways to commune together socially, but ways that God will call us into communion. Now, Quitters, you can go to common prayer. I'm a quitter. I've, I've been praying common prayer a lot. It works. It does click. But if you're a quitter and you know that you're not going to jump right into common prayer, boy, do I have an idea for you. Uh, I've been working on this game for a while. I've mentioned it the last couple weeks. Uh, and this is a great game if you want to grow in your faith, but you're a quitter. Because, because there's, no, there's no homework, there's no assignments, there's nothing you need to read, there's nothing you need to do. You just carry a card in your pocket every day, and when you remember, you do something. Or think about something. Very, very simple. So if you're interested in growing in your faith, leading into that in this season, we have an orientation night on February 6th. These cards are on the table on your way out. And on February 6th, Monday night, February 6th, I'll explain all about the game, time commitments, what it's like, what happens if you can't make it every week, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and if you, like me, are looking for a way to just help yourself be oriented back to God, remember that, uh, this might be a, a good tool. So it's called Interior Dungeons, and I hope that some of you can learn to play. Okay, one last thing. There's no one hand with the <laughs> really should have that spiritual form. <laughs> Allison and I were talking a couple months ago, back in September, Allison Lake. And I trust Allison's judgment on things. And she said, this is a really interesting time 
to be in. Because God is on the move. And I thought about that a lot over the last couple of months. It's come back to me a number of times. God is on the move. said God is on the move and it feels good. <laughs> and I keep coming back to God is here. God is present. The living God is on the move. Drawing people. Wooing people. Healing people. Disrupting people. Shuffling the deck of the church in order to bring us somewhere we do not even have the imagination to name. But the living God is on the move. And it does feel good to catch glimpses of it. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Amen. Um, so as Kevin was uh, talking about the idea that God is constantly trying to get our attention right around that time in the sermon, my daughter was sitting there with a little pink stuffed flamingo and showing it to Oliver next to her in the pew. And she was very persistent, and Oliver just was much more interested in his coloring. And I felt a little bit bad for, for my daughter, June, because she was just, she kept trying, she kept trying, she kept trying. And it felt a little bit like desperate almost. Like, and I, I you know, she, her feelings aren't going to be hurt at this point. But I was worried a little bit that, like, oh my God, at some point in her life, she's going to pursue something and the feelings might get hurt. It's, it's a little bit reckless to, to put yourself out there like that. Um, and it just kind of tied into this, this song that we're going to sing together, Reckless Love. Um, just this idea of God pursuing us and pursuing us. And uh, we, just, we just have to turn. So yeah, it's called Reckless Love. You can you can sit, uh, you can sing, you can stand if you want to. Thank you.